Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your city upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining the Grace for This City podcast. I am Bob, and I want to welcome you here today. Pastor Justin, who had just done the intro, he is not here this week. Um, I believe he will be back in a couple of weeks. But uh, we're excited about what's going on today. Hallelujah. And I have a friend here with me today, and this is Paul Harris. And Paul, welcome. Hey, thank you. It's great to be here, Bob. I'm, I'm so glad you're here. Paul is a pastor of a church over in Eureka Springs, and it is New Day Fellowship. And I'm going to allow him at the end of the broadcast to talk more about that church. Um, you know, we're not in competition as churches. That's right. We're working right. together. We're working hand in hand. We are trying to cover this region uh, for Jesus Christ. That's right. We want to turn our cities upside down, but we want to turn the region upside down. We want to turn this country upside down, and we want to turn the world upside down. That's right. Amen. And we can do it from That's our right. little churches here in Harrison and Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Right. Hallelujah. Right. So I'm glad you're here today. Um, the reason I have Paul on the broadcast is uh, back in July, my wife and I had uh, attended their ser a service over there. We've been over there several times for church. And um, there had been a message that I have been sharing and Pastor Christina on the broadcast about your thought life and dealing with your thought life and how it can be a, oh, what do you want to call it? Feeding ground for the enemy to come in and, and lead us astray. And the past couple of broadcasts that Pastor Christina and I have done have dealt with that. We've got one more broadcast we're going to do. But when your word came forth, and, and I wrote my own little title, yeah. I think, for it. Uh, what did I write? Uh, Tactics of the Enemy. Yeah. And, and when you spoke on that, it just... It was, well, you know, when you're sitting next to somebody and they go to nudge you and they kind of elbow you, well, that, that's what the Holy Spirit was doing, except for on the inside. And he's going, you get him on the podcast, get him on the podcast. So, so we have Paul here today and I am going to turn all of this over to him pretty, pretty much, you know, I'll, you know, I'll push a few buttons and say a few things, but, um, I have asked Paul to, to, to share that message, but I want to preface it by first reading a scripture for you. And it comes from John 10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill and destroy. And I, I kind of wrote this one note down, steal. He wants to steal everything from you, your thoughts, your time, your peace, your health, your finances, your faith and trust in God your light, which is God's light, he will put you in a dark place. He's going to pull a veil over your eyes. Once he is stolen, he will try and kill everything in your life that supports those things to the point that you don't know or recognize any of those things that God has put into your life. And then he's going to work to destroy all this stuff. And I looked up that word destroy and it's in Strong's number for all you geeks out there. It's 622 in the Greek. And I'm not going to butcher the Greek by trying to say <laughs> that word. I think it's a polemi, but it means to destroy. It means to abolish, put an end to ruin, render useless. And the immediate thing that comes to mind is rust. When rust grabs a hold of that iron, it completely, it starts slowly to destroy and eventually it's not there that is what the devil wants to do in our lives yeah. but we as christians have the greater one living within us and there's a lot of people out there and if you're listening and i'm speaking to you that do not know jesus christ is your lord and savior we're going to talk about that later on i'm going to allow paul to lead you to the lord hallelujah yes. so as we go we want to know that satan only wants to see us and hear 
he only wants us to see and hear in the natural. That was something that you had said that day. And so I'm going to let you run with this. And yeah. we're calling this the tactics of the enemy. Yeah. The, well, first of all, thank you so much, Bob, oh, for yeah. inviting me. And it's awesome to be here with uh, you and your listeners. And uh, just so grateful uh, to be here. And this is a message, I think, that is so pertinent for uh, the body of Christ because, you know, we are going to see all kinds of uh, you know, we've already seen all kinds of attack. If we've been a believer for any length of time, oh, yeah. Yeah. you are very familiar with the enemy's spiritual attack uh, upon us. But I think sometimes, you know, we kind of think, well, we're just going to get attacked, and this is something that we have to deal with. And it, to a certain extent, it is, but I think it really helps to understand what he's doing ahead of time. Right. So, if we can be looking on the lookout for little things that reveal where he's overplaying his hand. And so it uh, creates within us uh, a sense of, I'm not going to get led into a corner. I can actually see it coming way before that yeah. and began to you know stand against it and resist the devil. And one of those things that, uh, that I definitely w would love to uh, kind of, paint this picture and it was painted for me uh, that it really helped is you know the enemy he loves to paint a grand facade set you know if you've ever been to uh, Branson and the uh, Sight and Sound Theater you know there is they, they put on some amazing productions up there and they have this set right well we have we we've known somebody that works on on this on this uh, cast in the cast, and so uh, she helps train the animals. So we got to do this backdoor thing of one of the you know one of the amazing shows that they've done. Well, from the audience, it looks like man these these things are super huge. These pillars are pretty heavy. It was Samson, uh, I right. believe, was one one of the ones that we looked at. So there was these huge pillars, and you think, man, there's just those things are so heavy. Well, turns out you can lift them up really, but it's about you know one hand. You right. know, when you really get up there and you start touching it, and you start kind of go, oh yeah, this is really not that much. This is the way the enemy loves to paint the pictures in our life of sin, of things that we've done, condemnation, th those things that we we think, you know, man, God just can't ever work, work or use me. You know, he, he paints this grand facade. And when we really get down into our spiritual life, we understand, we start praying and start understanding what God has done. His grace covers our sin. Then He, we actually see it as this, Paper mache, I kind of think of that, you know, where you can poke a hole through the set, right? Right. But he paints the grand facade. He creates the counterfeit. Everything he does is the counterfeit. It's he he doesn't think up anything new on his own. He's just giving us the counterfeit. Um, a couple other things that I think uh, I I think of when you know just kind of understanding the enemy before we get to his tactics. I kind of this was one of those areas. Um, one, he's not God's equivalent. Yep. He's, you know, Michael, the archangel. Okay. You know, but he's not God's equivalent. It's not God, good, Satan, evil. And there's this, you know, equality to that, that battle. God is, is already won the victory over right. him. Right. So that that's something to understand first and to understand that the enemy absolutely hates the covenant that God has made with man. Right. And this this grace that's offered, this power, the supernatural power that he has given to the children of God and the territory mm -hmm. that he has has given us of influence and um, to be able to be the the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. Um so yeah, he's not omniscient. So he doesn't know our, all of our thoughts. He loves to plant thoughts, but the only way he knows what we, what's yeah, his tactic is for us is our verbal confirmation or verbal agreement with some lie that he's planted. You know, 
once we verbally communicate that out loud, we are then playing our hand as to what we are vulnerable with. That's something I had never thought about up until, you know, really diving deeper into this study because we abdicate to him those things that we say that are not in agreement with the Lord. When we communicate, well, I'm just not good enough. Satan goes, oh, you said that out loud. Okay, well, now he knows how to hammer us with inadequacy, right? right? Or, you know, man, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just crazy, or I'm just this, or I'm just, you know, fill in the blank, whatever. We're actually letting Satan in on a strategy to defeat us. Right. We are snared by the words of our mouth. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. right. That's a scripture related to that. So, yes, he does come to steal, kill, and destroy us. But we are only vulnerable in those areas that we are speaking right. for. So if we're speaking truth, we're standing and we're resisting the devil, he will flee. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Well, so now how does he do it? Um, how does he take us to that place? So I, I go back to Genesis chapter 3. Um, verses one through seven, you know, verse one, he, he tells Eve and creates this doubt within us to say, has God indeed said, I mean, we've all encountered that before, Yeah, right? We get a word from the Lord. We know we're supposed to stay in this boundary. We know that we're supposed to, uh, be obedient in this certain way. And, and then we get into it, it might get a little hard or, you know, maybe that sin gets a little enticing and, you know, we kind of go, we hear that voice. Well, did, did God really say that? You know, I don't, I think we've, we've encountered what Eve has encountered before. Right. Uh, verse four, he says to her, you shall not surely die. Okay. Now he's created not just doubt, but now he's a straight up deception. Right. So doubt and deception. Then verse six, well, this is where I believe our, our culture lands in the influence of this. It says the tree in verse six, the tree was good for food and pleasant to the eyes. You know, he dupes us into abdicating our God given authority and identity. Those are, those are three areas. I believe that, that those are, those are how Satan begins to lead us into these other tactics. Right. So initially, if we can begin to recognize these, you know, those three statements of the enemy in our minds, then we begin to combat them with truth. Otherwise, he's going to use this, this list of common tactics. And so... Right. Yeah, so we want to. What I wanted to do today was expose some of those. Hallelujah! Yes, he needs some exposure in he that does. in that realm. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So, yeah, one of the first ones that we'll talk about today, and and there are there's about seven of them. So um, we've got to, we, we'll we'll kind of go through a little uh, walk through of each of these, and if you will, kind of understand each of these seven. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a an overarching tactic and underneath that tactic there are these little sub tactics all right that kind of roll up underneath that so the first tactic is the spirit of murder okay very 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 strong one right out of the gate right so the spirit of murder under that you would find death suicide hatred anger bitterness unforgiveness First uh, John three fifteen says, "Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him." Right. First right? Right. John uh, two eleven, but he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Now. Why is this one so very important? Most of us would sit here and say, you know, well, I haven't killed anybody. Right. You know? I, know, but, you know, I hope most of us can say that. Yeah, right. Um, 
but now if we really drill down under what this spirit of murder uh, kind of that's the fruit the fruit of all these other little ones that lead into that so you you know hatred and anger and bitterness and unforgiveness murder starts with those right you won't ever see murder without having some of those first yeah they're they're like the root system they going are. into the tree yeah and feeds it right? yeah yeah that's very good and and if 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 you've ever um if you if you've done any kind of study on revelation and you know study of the end times uh, Matthew 24 speaks of, and then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another, and their love will grow cold for one mm. another. This is a warning for the church, I believe. If we think we're exempt from this spirit, then we don't understand what's coming. Right. So we have to know how to guard our heart and be be willing to ask ourselves the tough questions, be honest with ourselves in those deep places. Um, Mark 11, 25 and 26, and this is Jesus's words. It says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. I'd say this is pretty important. Yeah. To unpack Definitely. whatever it is, unpack whatever the stuff is that we're we that even even at the very uh, beginning stages of just offense, right? Yeah. And uh, there is, and, and God's laid it out pretty plainly how to deal with conflict, how to deal with offense, and so uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's something that we definitely want to, um, as the body of Christ, be. Be on guard. Guard our heart against offense. Right. Um, and Bob, jump in anytime you want to. Okay. <laughs> I just want to rattle off whatever here, but but feel free to. I I, I, I jumped in a lot when you were given this message at church, <laughs> but so did everybody else. Yeah, so you yeah. just didn't uh, hear my voice. Yeah. Uh, well, amen. <laughs> That's cool. Well, all right. So the next one we so we had spirit of murder. Um, now we have spirit of pride the spirit of pride uh, and what rolls up under this one is the the um the rebellion um arrogance selfishness control you may also hear that word narcissism mm-hmm. you know that comes into this um uh, all i can say is i want to read james chapter four uh six and seven and then we'll do verse 10 after that. James chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I, I love to look at this word in the translation. We're talking about charis grace. Talk about empowered grace. Right. It's not just this knowledge of what Jesus did on the cross. It is there's an empowerment to overcome in this grace. Yeah. And so he gives grace, empowered grace to the humble. Verse people, seven. People need to realize that grace is a weapon. It is. It's provided for us. It's got power there. Yes. Amen. Amen. And it, yeah, that's why he says where grace abounds or where, where sin abounds that much more grace, grace. abounds more, right? Yeah. We're, we are are given more when we need more. Right. Oh, uh, right. yeah. Verse 7 says, Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. Amen. Yes. And verse 10, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. And under this spirit of pride, I've, I've added three more what I call sneaky ones. <laughs> <laughs> These are sneaky. Yeah, sneaky in the area of pride one of them and they're all kind of they're all kind of linked together i believe one is comparison oh yeah the enemy loves to use comparison and we we find ourselves um when we find ourselves comparing whether it's ministries finances churches uh you know 
possessions. Um, I mean, the list goes on. We we can recognize the enemy's use in comparison. If God has promised us, promised to provide all of our needs according to His riches and glory, then what are we really comparing to? Right. You know. Right. Is one of the biggest lessons we've taught our kids, and my kids will tell you to this day, if if there was ever a sentence that started with or a, a pitch to us about getting something, they said, well, so-and-so has it, then they, they can they knew, they knew that, it, well, I'm sorry, you lost me. You, 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 you lost that argument <laughs> you lost right there. You the sales pitch there, yeah. <laughs> sorry, we're not, yeah, we're not comparing ourselves to anyone else. We're not trying to keep up with it. You know what I mean? This... I feel like that too. There's such a word in this for our churches. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I mean, the spirit of competition, I believe, is rooted in this. Yeah. Under the spirit of pride in comparison. Right. And then it what links to that is the second sneaky one is rejection. Mm. When we feel rejected, we find that. We, we find that offense, right? Right. We find that, well, you know, I, I, well, they didn't really know anything anyway. Right. <laughs> you know, that's when we start finding coping mechanisms through rejection. And then other, the other one linked to that is entitlement. Mm. Entitlement. And it's such a dangerous, dangerous web of these three rolling up under the spirit of pride. Right. Because with, I think if you really honestly look at the entitlement, this is kind of what, isn't this what got Lucifer kicked out right, of heaven? Right, right, right. He thought he was entitled. He to. thought he was entitled. He, and what he was feeding Eve in the garden was a spirit of pride through entitlement. Right. And so anytime that we're going to try to own something that we think we are entitled to, then we're we're there should be reason to pause and reason a red flag the the alarm should be going off in our spirit right right um, on that and every one of those will lead us into isolation mm-hmm. and, and and we all know that's where the enemy wants to take us he wants to take us into a place of isolation uh, so that he can just hammer away at us and that and that's what. Pastor Christina and I, our message on on that, dealing with the silence. Yeah. I mean, we get into that isolation. We get into that silence, and that just gives him uh, an open door yeah. to feed his fodder to us, yeah. you know, and we don't need it. Yeah, if you ever find yourself pushing away the people in your life that were speaking godly truth to you, right, or speaking life into you, and those are the people that you're pushing away. That's another. That's a red alert. Yeah. To like the enemy is setting you up. Yeah. Get ready. All right. So, um, and uh, Proverbs eleven two, I had down for this one. It said uh, just to kind of finish the thought. Very familiar proverb. Uh, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. That that'll that'll preach all day. Just to yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to, just to say, yeah. right? You know? I'd like to tell you this. I can use all the wisdom I can get. Well, yes, well, I'm <laughs> with you. Yes, absolutely. And he promises to give it liberally. It right. Looks, it comes through humility. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. The third one on our list is the spirit of lust. Very pertinent in our culture. And under the spirit of lust, you have fornication, pornography, adultery, prostitution, and sexual identity. Mm-hmm. All of these just right in front of our face, if you will, in culture today. Especially today. Especially I mean, today. The, the identity thing, I never thought about that years back. Yeah, right. And now it's in our face. Oh, yeah. Every day. I mean, and it's like every – I mean, have you – uh, of course, you know, if you're if you're watching TV, which that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, commercial. I mean, I was watching, you know, watching the Razorbacks play Saturday 
and every other commercial it seemed like there was identity issues wow wow in the commercials not know? that i don't watch the razorbacks but we don't watch tv yeah, yeah, right. as no. a norm so it's become it's become pervasive in the commercials now because wow. people don't want to get be a part of the canceled businesses and the yeah. canceled culture and so Oh, and by the way, go Razorbacks, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, that's right. They did win. Hey, we're in Arkansas. We can't say that's that. That's right. Hey, I'm from Texas, and I was a Razorback fan all my life. So I'm like, yes. yeah. Okay, you're not going to be allowed back <laughs> across state line. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. They, yeah, they put a hold on me to come back. Yeah. Um, 1 John 2.16 uh, says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, pride of life is not of the father but is of the world amen and amen amen um second corinthians 12 21 lest when i come again my god will humble me among you and i shall mourn for many who have sinned before and have not repented of the uncleanness fornication and lewdness which they have practiced i feel like in church culture over the last certainly the you know 15 years we've done so much to try to and and, and honestly i think there's a genuine heart in wanting to reach and be evangelical with the message of christ however I think it gets convoluted when we cross the boundary of trying to be accepted by a group of people that may not ever accept Christ. Because what is our message then? Yeah. Yeah. What is it? What are are they actually being saved from if our message is not the cross crucified? Right. That they can be delivered free of sin. Right. So I uh, found these, uh, this interesting. Uh, 2016 Josh McDowell, McDowell pornography research. Always interesting. 27% of young adults ages 25 to 30 first view pornography before puberty. Wow. Wow. That, that was astounding to me. Yeah. Right? And that's up from... Th- from 20 you know it was 27 percent up from 13 percent oh my in gen xers so i mean that's double yeah what it was 96 percent of young adults say when they talk about porn with friends they do so and in and usually it's in an accepted or encouraged environment I kind of ran this past my kids. My kids, we homeschool most of the day, but they go to, my younger two go to uh, Eureka Springs High School. And so among just them being in a couple of classes, right? they say, absolutely, this is the case. It's like people just talk openly yeah, about all kinds of stuff. This is flabbergasting to I me know, if right? i can use that word yes i mean i i, I was just like man no yeah, i mean there's no hiding now there nobody cares to hide wow any of that stuff anymore um here are, now here's some more hit hit a little closer to home 21 percent of youth pastors 14 percent of pastors admit they currently struggle with porn mm. I mean, and we know, I mean, pastors and youth pastors and leader youth, I mean, ministry leaders, they're real people too. Right. And so men and women, I mean, that's, that's a, you know, we're not just talking about men here either. Right. So it, the reality is that we've got to deal with this issue of yeah. the spirit of lust and, uh, and then it said 54% of daily porn users in the general population view it because it's just fun. But they have no idea what it's doing to their their being. Right. You know? Right. And I think this is the way I would describe this, Bob. I think sin itself 
we have to understand what sin's purpose is in our in our lives. Why the enemy wants to use sin. Sin is there to destroy, steal, kill, and destroy our faith. Yeah. Our faith is the most precious. For by grace you are saved through faith. Faith, faith is what the belief, the surrender, the trust is what gives us access to the grace of God. Yeah. And so if the enemy can take us to that place, hammer us to the point of unbelief where we would renounce our faith, then he's won. Yeah. Because he's now destroyed your life. Yeah. Not just here on earth, but your eternal life. Right. So we want to understand some of this tactic because this is, I mean, and I think in churches we must create an atmosphere where we can bring light to the darkness for freedom. Mm -hmm. Not condemnation. We've got to have this open conversation as, as men and women to be able to Share, you know, I'm really struggling with this stuff. Yeah. And understand, okay, I need to put a plan in place. I need to, you know, put some internet filters on. We need to, you know, need to get a, shoot an email to my my best friend. Right. <laughs> accountability. Yes, yeah, some accountability yeah. in place. If I'm seriously wanting to be rid of the stuff. Right. If we're just playing around with it and we're just not, then you know, you're, you're going to get burned by it eventually. Yeah. And it will take you down. But if we're really serious about it, yeah. you know, these are steps we will want to take because we want victory over it. You know, it says there in Romans chapter eight, you know, there is therefore no condemnation. Yeah. And, and that's what the body of Christ is there for, not right. to bring condemnation on anybody. That's so true. But so that when you are in sin or struggling with something, yeah. you can come to someone and they can be there for you yes. to support you, to help you, and get you beyond that. That's right. Yeah, because, you know, when we come to the Lord and ask for forgiveness, he doesn't go, well, I don't know about that. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. know about that one. You yeah. know, I mean, he's he's very loving and open. Why? Because now our heart is pliable. It's in the right place. Right. It's humility. Right. It's, Lord, I need your help. Yeah. And he is so good. Uh, and that's what the body of Christ needs to be for each other. All right, so let's look at number four. Um, the spirits, I call them the spirits of mental health. And up underneath this would be fear, hopelessness, depression, a debased mind. And we read about, we'll read about that here in Romans 1. Uh, paranoia, schizophrenia, multiple personality disorder. All of those, I believe, roll up under this. Um my background, when I first graduated from college, I worked at a mental health facility uh, in Fayetteville. And based on my background, my denominational background, they didn't teach me about spiritual warfare. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I began to see it up front, you know, and, and right in my face and began to really try to understand what was happening, but it only was because he had awakened me spiritually with the power of the Holy Spirit, Amen. baptism yeah. of the Spirit, to be able to have eyes to see, ears to hear what was going on in my... I was a teacher on the adolescent unit oh, while okay. they were in treatment. And so I had 21 behavioral-issued <laughs> kids. kids in a classroom. Yeah, And I began... You know, the, the Holy Spirit did a work in my heart. There was a revival in me. Um, it was a, it was a baptism of the spirit at the time. I didn't even know what to call that because I prayed to receive Christ when I was eight years old, but here I was as a young adult, uh, having this, I called it an adult experience with God Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to describe it. I later learned what that meant or what it biblically, what it meant is in the baptism of the spirit, because it, there was an empowerment from that point forward to then be able to do ministry yeah and over the next you know during a the course of a about a three-month period we saw 13 kids pray to receive christ on that adolescent year. hallelujah 
And it was an amazing time of my spiritual life. And so I've seen, I've seen kids delivered from these mental health issues. Yeah. And we've seen since, you know, since then as well in, in adults as well. I had a similar experience when I was in college, I would visit the, um, a state mental hospital out in California and I was assigned a class and mine were adults. Mm -hmm. The youngest one in the class was me at like 19. And, but as students, the youngest one was 27. The oldest one was 54. Oh wow. And I called them my kids. I called them my children, you know? And I mean, I think there was 12 in the classroom and stuff. But I experienced that that same thing in that hospital. I did not know anything about this satanic influence yeah. in our lives. You know, I knew about God. I knew about Jesus. I I wasn't I wasn't saved at that point, yeah. but I experienced what he was doing in some of these people and yeah. stuff. And I pushed through on that in the one year that I was there. And of those 12 kids, everyone says, well, you'll never be able to teach them anything. These are are severely handicapped. They're locked in a hospital and everything. But at the end of the year, I had taught them a little prayer. Yeah. And they could all say that prayer. And I thought, don't tell me that they can't be reached. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I love that. Well, I love that new worship song. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah, Paul is a worship leader. Yes, yes, I love it. I love it. So, well, um, and 2 Timothy 1, 7, you know, the promise of the Lord says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So if if fear does not come from him, then who's it come from? Right. (laughs) Right. The enemy, right. Yeah. The enemy wants to plant those things. And I believe it all starts with there. I mean, even when you have had something, you know, you know, horrific abuse, horrific circumstances of life, trauma, you know, those things become our response to those things, albeit justified or not, you, you, have a physiological response to those things that the truth has to be applied to. And you talk about it, you share your story, you, you know, unpack it with trusted people. Right. And, uh, and the Lord will heal those areas of our heart. Hallelujah. First Corinthians, uh, two sixteen says for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. I love that. Yeah. If, if we have the mind of Christ, then that means that we can possess a sound mind. We do not have to settle for uh, mental health issues. We don't have to settle for, we can go after in faith healing of our mind. Um, Romans one, we were mentioned a while ago, I think it's a very familiar passage to most folks that are probably listening. But one of the things that I want to bring out is in Romans chapter one, uh, verse twenty-four. If if um, and if is if we stay in this place of sin, then verse twenty-four speaks of what happens here. It says therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. Any of us that allow sin and choose our flesh response over a God response, a spirit response, a, you know, seeing ourselves differently in, in as as he has created us to be, mm-hmm. if we choose that flesh response, we are going to end up in these places of a debased mind. Right. And, I mean, our culture is full of it right now. Yeah. Yeah, we, we're just inundated with, you know, indulgence, and the flesh feels good. This is why people have identity issues, because they believe that, well, because my flesh wants to respond this way 
to certain gender identity issues because my flesh wants it, then I must be that. Yeah. Therefore. Therefore, yes. Yeah. Man, if I did everything my flesh wanted to do, I'm I'm not sitting here today and I'm not I'm I'm not married, I'm not a dad, I'm not right. I'm not a lot of things. So it's not just about what our flesh wants. We can't be governed by our flesh. We have to be governed by the spirit. And if we don't allow the spirit to do that work in us and we choose our flesh, then eventually I believe there's a window God gives us to work that out. Right. Right. But eventually we're going to find ourselves choosing one or the other. And if we choose flesh, we're going to end up in this debased mindset where we we can't even see ourselves coming back. Yeah. And that's a dangerous place yeah. to be. That's lost. Yeah. Very lost. All right. Um, let's move on. Uh, number five, spirits of sickness and disease. All right. Under this one, I have uh, death. We have eating disorders, gluttony, insomnia. All of these roll up under spirits of sickness and disease. One of the uh, the Hosea passage of four six says, "My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge." I think in dealing with sickness and disease, you know, sometimes we sometimes we like to own this. Yeah, my diabetes, yeah. my yeah. heart condition. Yeah, yeah. We claim I mean, them. we 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 just start claiming these verbally out loud, which again, alerts the enemy. Oh, okay. Yes. This is the area I can attack you in. Right. Because now we have verbally abdicated. We haven't spoken life over ourselves. We've actually spoken death over ourselves. Yeah. Um, that acts ten thirty eight. how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I believe sickness and disease is an attack of the enemy on our physical body. Yes. Can God use anything for the good to oh, those yeah. that love him? Absolutely. What the enemy meant for evil, God can use for good. But sickness and disease does not come from, from God. No. Not at all. Ever. Uh, Luke 13, 11 through 12. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately... She was made straight and glorified God. Sometimes we can go so long and feel like, man, where's this? Where's this breakthrough? Where's this breakthrough? And then it just takes one touch from the Father. Right. I don't understand all of that. <laughs> this side of eternity, the sovereign hand of God, the way he works. I don't understand it on many levels, mm -hmm. but I know he's good. Yeah. I know he wants us to be free. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I, I could have a lot to say on that. We've, uh, yeah, we've, we, we had our own experience this past week, uh, last, uh, week and a half of praying for someone who is, was very sick in the hospital, praying and praying faith was not the issue you know right and we did not see healing mm -hmm. he passed away yeah and it was very hard but one of the things that i'm i'm also learning about and this is kind of a side note caveat to some of this when we were standing in the parking lot of that hospital there was a spirit of of this sickness and disease like there was an agreement of administration 
mm-hmm. in that hospital over whether it's deception of the enemy, mm-hmm. spirit of the Antichrist is running rampant right now for yeah. sure. Yeah. So d- deception through whatever whatever they were reporting or not reporting right, or then just profiting off of sickness and disease. Right. That that spirit overwhelmed me in the parking lot. Wow. And I was like, and now you're talking about in though we have power and authority over principalities and powers and demons and darkness. Well, you're also in a positional place of authority. So if somebody, if I was going to remove something from my family, I have the spiritual authority because I'm over my family, over your family. Right. If I wanted to see something, you know, a stronghold removed from my, um, my church, about the the fellowship that I'm in, the flock that I'm in, in am shepherding. I have authority over that, right? And I can pray against that. But when you start talking about a region, now you need some city leaders, yeah, that have the vision and understand what is taking place to come into agreement that there is deception, yeah, and to stand against it. We felt as we were praying there for, I mean, it's, it was two, almost two weeks, just felt like we were hitting this ceiling, like something was off. And his wife, who is a, a massive intercessor, yes. faith yes. is just yeah. not the issue. She was coming back going, something is off in that hospital, on that, on that uh, unit. Yeah. And, uh, man, I'll tell you, I, like I said, I'm just learning more about that. And I, but that night was, was a marked moment for me spiritually because I'm like, okay, there are some things that yes, we can take authority over, but in a region, we're going to need, we're going to need some more of the body of Christ. Not to to get political or anything like that, but we're dealing with protocols that are outside even this region. They're within this whole country. Oh man. Yeah. Medical protocols that they're sticking to that. Yep. There's no life in it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, you're, you're going in my, my, uh, as I was sharing this that night in the parking lot, I was like, this feels way above our pay grade. (laughs) You know, it's like, this is like, there was a lot more there in the spiritual realm that we're having to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah. So, and you know, God can heal and do however he wants to do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, he does it through a myriad of ways, but at the end of the day, don't blame God. Right. You know, the enemy's who comes to steal, kill and destroy. All right. Something just because I don't see it in the natural and I don't understand it. That just means there's, there's something bigger at play here. Something's happening that, that I do not see. Right. And not everything that I see means I know what's going on. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, our eyes can be, um, I mean, we can, we can be deceived with our eyes too. So, um, all right. Let's let's move on to the next one. The next one is the number six, spirit of pharmacia. All right, this would have alcohol, addiction, drugs, everything rolling up under the spirit of pharmacia. Um, and First Peter five eight says, "Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom may whom he may devour." And, and None of us are going to say, I mean, you may have been touched in your journey by um, alcoholism. Somebody in your family may have struggled with this. And you know that this can be a deep, a deep, deep stronghold for some. But he does say that to be vigilant. And we need to understand it's the enemy that is coming after us. And I think one of the things that is very prominent on our culture right now is the use of marijuana. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And pe- people will deny it all day long that it's a gate that it's not a gateway drug. On this side of the counseling end of it, it's a gateway drug. Right. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. You can sell it all you want. You can say it's just for recreation. You can say, but I'm seeing it destroy marriages and lives as we speak. Right. Right. So yeah, I mean, proofs in the pudding. They you the enemy, the idea of that you know get everyone addicted on something else is a ploy of the enemy. The spirit of man of Christ at work in this culture to desensitize us, which is what yeah. any kind of spirit that's not the Holy Spirit, you know, trying to control us right. is going to desensitize us yeah. to what the things of the Lord are. Well, you know, I mean, you can go back to alcohol. They used to call it spirits. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. you know, I don't take that lightly because there is a spirit behind yeah. it and it's right. the same spirit that's behind yeah. all this other yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're exactly right, and um, and it will ultimately lead to other we anybody that you've seen kind of. I mean, whether they started at 13 years old using marijuana, they don't stay there. Yeah, it ends up in you know deeper, darker places right. because that's the way the enemy works. Yeah. All right, let's go to the last one: uh, the spirit of witchcraft. When up underneath this one rolls rebellion, mm. false religions, occults, spiritualism, atheism, legalism, and manipulation. Wow. Yeah, it's, there's, yeah. A, there's a bunch that roll up under here. And I would even say, you know, I mean, the spirit of Jezebel is all up yeah. under this kind of umbrella, too, because... I mean, witchcraft, uh, 1 Samuel fifteen twenty three says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. So, I mean, even, even kings must follow. Right. <laughs> Uh, if if they decide to they're, they're going to do it on their own, then there is as a rebellion towards the Lord is as a witchcraft. Yeah, we can see that in our current government. Yeah, pretty easily. Um, and in John fourteen six, Jesus said to him, "I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through me." Our rebellion against that idea, I believe, we're going to see in these days ahead. An embracing of a and and it's already you're already seeing it form, but an embracing of values that leave God completely out. And if you do not embrace these values, then you will be canceled. Yeah, that's yeah. the cancel culture, right? Yeah. And right now it's surrounded, you know, little things that, um, not quite as direct at Christianity, but it's coming. Yeah. Yeah, right now it might be, you know, masks or no masks or right. vaccines or no vaccines or, you know, racism or no racism or what whatever whatever it is right now, it's just kind of a, call it spirit of Antichrist light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's going to intensify and, and become very pointed toward the things of God and the yeah. people of God. All right. Um, well, you know. Yeah. You've you've gone through a list of yeah. eight things, something like that. Yes, yeah, so. and that is the tactics of the enemy. Right. Well, what do we do? Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't want to just talk about him, right? Because he's a loser from the beginning. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so, how do we fight this? Yeah. So the one of the first areas is is to recognize. You know, this is why we are talking about it. Is we want to recognize. Okay, he's he's attacking me through this particular area. So we we recognize the enemy's tactics, the enemy's tactics, and our authority in Christ Jesus to overcome them with truth. Right. Again, what we speak matters. Right. So, um, and even he he says in Luke chapter ten verses eighteen and nineteen. Jesus himself said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority 
to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We have the authority in Christ Jesus. Yeah, It's his, it's his power. It's not anything we're doing other than we are tapping into him through faith and the way his kingdom works. Yeah. And in his kingdom, through faith, we have the authority Hallelujah. to trample over. And so that's one area of how we fight is first we must recognize what he's doing. The next area is through prayer and also kind of tag and fasting. Yeah. Because you know, th- there's sometimes it takes fasting as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, Jesus even set that forth. So, Sometimes we, we, we don't like that word, yeah, but yeah. it's it's a part of the lifestyle. It is. It is a consecrated life, a fasted life. Um, the intimacy with the Lord grows yeah. Yeah. Uh, in that area. Luke 13, 19 through 21 says, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? You know, this is the context of them trying to cast out uh demon. It did not come out. They were, and Jesus kind of came over and, yeah, it's okay, boys, let me take care of this yeah. one. <laughs> Watch daddy. <laughs> yes, yeah, right, yeah. And uh, so verse 20, Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, such a huge phrase right there, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. You know, I believe that the disciples probably saw a manifestation that they had not seen before. Right. Yeah. And it kind of freaked them out a little bit. Yeah. You know, kind of like, uh, okay, uh, yeah, we'll pray over this one. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, um, you know. And obviously they didn't see it happen. And then Jesus comes, casts out, and then says, you know, some come with prayer and fasting. Fasting needs to be a part, a regular part of our lives. Yeah, yeah. Our, our Christian walk. You know, I also believe that, that that fasting that he was speaking about was also – you need that fasting to build your faith. Yes. You know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, that you you get in and you fast and your faith is going to build up. Yeah. And and he was probably telling them, hey, you guys been at the munchies too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I'm probably in that line. <laughs> I know <laughs> I am. Like, uh, all right. Lay off the McDonald's, Paul. Yeah, yeah right. Um, the last area, well, not the last area. This is the third. I've got actually two more. This is it. Uh, there's two more here. Praise. Praise mm-hmm. is our weapon. Yes, right? yes, yes. I mean, man, this one to me, of course, is a, this is a worship leader in me talking. Right. You know, this is one of our best responses. Yeah. So much power in praise. Yes. I, I On my Facebook the other day, I had run across a photograph from bill winston's ministry up there in chicago and they had been having meetings and someone had taken a picture of a lady that was in worship and in praise and she's got her hands up and stuff and i saw that picture and it just grabbed a hold of me and i i could see the spirit just flowing up Uh, through her i mean just in that photograph yes you know and i mean i couldn't help put put my hands up while i was looking at it you (laughs) know and praise is powerful it is it is powerful there is you know i when when god gives me visions of different events and things one of the things that brings me to tears is seeing just a sea of people worshiping the lord you know you see those things running around Facebook, there was, ah, can you remember the country it was recently where they were in the streets as a quote-unquote protest of some of the what the government was doing regarding COVID and the vaccination, the, the shutdowns and whatnot. They just went to the streets and started praising him. Hallelujah. I mean, there was, I mean, hundreds of them in the street. Yeah. And you just go, wow. Uh, and it was, it did. It brought me to tears. I just, Hallelujah. It takes me there every time. And um, the scripture re- regarding that, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 said, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, 
but mighty in God mm, for yeah. pulling down stronghold, strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Yeah. This is how we do it. Yeah. You know, this is how we battle against this way. Yeah. We recognize it and then we go to war against it in taking those thoughts captive. If you've ever sat in a place and feel the enemy just hammering you and over your thought life or whatever it is, then it's time to take captive that thought. How do you do that? Well, you go redirect, redirect your thoughts, go do it, go get in the word, do something different, go, you know, Begin uh, writing down, journal, you know, go, I mean, go throw the baseball with something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, just just take your mind and put, and go, you know, a different direction. Right. You know, it. That, those are things that become our tools for yeah. battling the enemy. Don't allow him ground to start planting seeds. That's right. And yeah. if you just start praising him with true statements about, Lord, I thank you for the life you've given me. Lord, I thank you for my family. Lord, I thank you for my sons and daughters. I thank you yeah. for my church. I thank you. The enemy is not going to hang around all no. that. He no. can't stand all that. No. So, yeah, praise is definitely our weapon. Doesn't like that music. That's right. That's right. And the last one, the Word of God. I mean, when, when you are, again, another tool in your belt, he does not like the Word of God. The enemy does not like the Word of God spoken back to him. No. It really doesn't. So Luke 4, verse 4, says, But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Yeah. We've got to know what this word says for us to be able to apply that and be able to know how to fight. Yeah. Verse 8 says, And Jesus answered and said, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. He's he's telling. He's telling the enemy. Yeah. You know, you're going to bow your knee. One day you're going to bow your knee, and you will have to serve. Yeah. And you do not even, I mean, even right now, he, he can't do anything. He has no authority by only the authority we give him. Right, right. So he's really, he's kind of, he's toast already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, so John 15, 5, if you abide in me, this is Jesus' words, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. The ultimate end of recognizing and applying these tools to the fight in the enemy, against the enemy is we're going to bear fruit. Yeah. And these are, these are things that then we know we are his by our love for one another. Right. And that we're not a dead branch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're bearing fruit. And so um, Satan is the accuser of the brethren, and he's always trying to find a way to condemn you. But with Jesus' blood that covers you, you are no longer, you are no longer beholden to that sin. When you repent and you denounce what he has accused you of, then the blood of Jesus will cover that sin. And so he's got no more ought with you in the courts of heaven. And so we began to squash what the enemy's trying to do in our lives if we simply resist what he is, he is trying to apply. But we got to recognize it, and we got to use our tools that right. God's given us to stand against it. Well, you know, as we kind of wrap up things here, um, there's people that may be listening to this podcast that have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. And that's that's the first step. We got to recognize that. Absolutely. Would you do the honor yes. of leading these people that are either watching on Facebook Live now or yeah. listening to the podcast? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you do not know or have not made that decision in your life 
to make Jesus Lord, to say, Lord, I'm tired of doing it my way. And you can say it however you want to say it, but it just needs to be from your heart and you need to be done with the way you're doing it because you realize and recognize that your way isn't his way and his way is the best way. And it's the only way to heaven. So let's pray. You can pray this after me. Uh, but the reality is you need to, in your heart, mean these words today. It's not about the prayer that I'm praying. It's not even about, it's about your heart. What is your heart today? Is your heart a heart that is surrendered and says, Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life. So let's pray. You can repeat after me if you'd like. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For dying on the cross for my sins. For dying on the cross for my sins. I need you. I need you. I'm tired of doing life my way. I'm tired of doing life my way. And I need you to save me. And I need you. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you died on the cross. For my sins. For my sins. And I surrender my life to you. And I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. Hey, if we could stand with you in prayer, it would be our honor. Send us an email with your prayer request at hello at gracecitychurch.tv. That's hello at gracecitychurch.tv or call us 870-741-9099. We'd love to celebrate with you. Let us know what the Lord is doing in your life. Hey, if you'd like to partner with us to keep the podcast out there going into all the nations, you can do so. You can mail in any donation, tax deductible donation. You, you can mail it to PO Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72602 or text to give 84321 follow the prompts or gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give thank you friends we're so honored to have you join us on the podcast hey until next time be blessed